welcome back to the best podcast out there in Mindsight. It's wonderful to have you back, guys. It's wonderful to have you back, my co-host, Yasin. How have you been doing this week? I want to say pretty solid just because this week's <laughs> been really normal, you could say. Um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of programming and... I feel like I finally really get the hang of React, which is a technology I've talked about on the podcast. Mm. And yeah, there's a lot of work to do with the internship program I'm in. So oh. I really, I'm forced to have good time management, <laughs> <laughs> which this week was not really existed. Um, oh. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm trying and I'm trying to get back on track. Other than that, as I said, pretty normal week. What about you? Yeah, when you already talk about time management, <laughs> I think I have to up my game there as well because I got accepted to that student consultancy, uh, which means Very like nice. about, at least they said, 10 hours a week. This week, it will already be 25 or so. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, additional ones. So yeah, kind of, kind of need to up my time management game here with the podcast and philosophy studies and physics studies and <laughs> consulting oh God. some some <laughs> company but yeah i'm looking forward to that because uh i don't know how much i'm actually allowed to tell but i think that's like public information on the website so i'm uh, like in my team i'm consulting like a company that's investing in sub-saharan entrepreneurs and i have to do an impact analysis there in the sense oh. of what are key indicators so really yeah. cool uh yeah <laughs> what are key indicators of their game what do they have to look out for and stuff um very interesting other than that my week's been pretty solid pretty stressful as well but <laughs> <laughs> not not much else to tell about that one i think we can already get into this week's uh this this week's episode's topic yeah all right after some uh, technical difficulties at the beginning already let's get into this week's <laughs> uh, episode's yeah. topic um which is the biggest threats for humanity in the sense of what could destroy us humans yeah <laughs> sounds really dramatic yeah <laughs> we love dramatic titles but yeah uh, yeah let's see how the title will evolve to be but yeah after so many motivating topics in the past few weeks i guess we have to do something yeah, demotivating. let's get a little bit depressed sure yeah. <laughs> do you want to start i see here you got a very interesting point Ooh, we could discuss very interesting point well we could start out with pandemics. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> not just joking. Just sure. Um, sure, if you want to. Yeah, I don't know about structure, but we can get into like uh, events that are unlikely to happen, that are coming from space and stuff. But eventually, <laughs> some shit will be going on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, more or less guaranteed, I'd say, uh, from a physical perspective, is like the, the death of the universe. I guess you and me won't be around anymore at that time. 
Unless yeah, Elon Musk involves so some yeah, develops some kind of freaky <laughs> uh, infinite life technology. <laughs> But yeah. Well, I think there are those people who like freeze themselves when they die. Ah, yeah, the like the brain. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's actually interesting. Do you know like how likely it could be to revive them? I have no idea. I just well. I just read an article once where it kind of tried to explain what's going on there and mm. how that works. And apparently um, those people, like their blood and everything is replaced with some strange fluid, fluid yeah. which, yeah, and which uh, basically freezes their organs and their heart and everything. Mm. And then those people like... I think they, they they put like wishes of when they want to be revived, like <laughs> either the year or some Tomorrow. event or after some event. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I actually want to. I, I can't wait for the first person to be defreezed and to be alive again. I think that that will be really interesting. You know, there yeah. are some conspiracy theories about uh, Walt Disney having done that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and having freeze himself i don't know <laughs> but i think it's a very interesting thing yeah and definitely i mean i mean although now it still seems like very that's very strange to most people when you say that i think over the over maybe the next 30 years it will become probably something really normal for people to just say i want to be freezed mm-hmm I think it's like hella expensive to freeze your whole body and <laughs> yeah. also like just to freeze your yeah. brain. <laughs> so I don't know whether it will For become sure. that normal, but yeah, I mean, thinking about it in the future, like to revive people from centuries ago, that could be cool. I mean, like actual historical uh, figures that come from the time. I mean, <laughs> you know, the troubles we are having nowadays with uh, getting accurate historical uh, information. Yeah. Especially because many of the people from, let's say, World War II or so are dying. And, yeah, <laughs> could be cool, could be cool. Now, what, what I'm thinking about right now is if there uh, is a soul that exists in humans, <laughs> what will happen then, like, if we revive them? Are they oh. just simple robots with the structures or <laughs> do we take back some soul from some... Uh, random place <laughs> yeah it's actually, would that be that, that ethically responsible then okay but the, the wait, wait wait those are two different questions okay i mean the first one yeah, yeah. it makes me think of of a some some random uh, ad i got on youtube a few weeks ago <laughs> uh, which was about some psychologist or spiritualist i don't know mm. who was talking about you know And we all have this misconception that uh, our soul is in our body, but actually our body is in our soul. Boom, boom, and uh, dramatic music and all that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I think it's very hard. This concept of how, soul is how, how would you uh, can you can you describe that more? Like how how can you understand that that our body is in our soul? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't quite mad. get that. Like I, I don't I don't okay. know if you know the the website masterclass.com where like a lot of celebrities oh, and yeah. uh, fancy people 
do like master classes. Ah, yeah, Gordon Ramsay. I think I saw that ad. Exactly. <laughs> I will exactly, teach yeah. you to uh, cook whatever. <laughs> uh, Where's what the lamp sauce? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're an idiot um, sandwich. <laughs> I love that guy so much, but and mm. yeah, there was some strange spiritual guy who you know, I don't know, just some strange guy who said that uh, this uh, our bodies actually in our soul, but never mm. explained what that actually means. Um, so what I want to say is that it's this concept of soul is pretty hard to grasp, to be honest, because there are some people who just say where your soul is just your your personality, who you are, your thoughts, and all that. Uh, some people see it from a more spiritual level to say, you know, your soul is what goes to heaven or hell after you die um, mm. and, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, when you're reviving people from being freezed, I don't know for how many years, I don't know, it, it would be interesting to see if maybe their personality completely changes or maybe suddenly they have the thoughts of a 12-year-old or if anything <laughs> changes about them. I don't or whether they're just like empty, empty mind, minded people that are like just functioning like, like brain dead people, basically, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, hmm. could, could, could be interesting. Would, would you freeze yourself or would you like, if you die, would <laughs> you let somebody freeze yourself oh, and <laughs> bring back to life in a century or so? Well, as of now, not really, I'm not really interested, but I mean, who knows, in 60, 70 years, depending on the people around me, depending on my life circumstances and what's going on in the world, I may be considering it. Uh, but again, as of now, not not really interested. What about you, though? <laughs> I mean, okay, okay, let's, let's, if a human soul exists, then I think what comes after after your life is possibly better than what you experience during your life. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, like, I guess you can leave your body and stuff. And <laughs> wisdom, whatever. If you if you believe in the religious stuff, then I think it would be stupid to let somebody revive you <laughs> to come back <laughs> onto Earth. <laughs> sure. On the other hand, yeah. if we just look at it from a physical perspective, um, in a sense of okay whatever you are is just determined by all the particles and uh, stuff that's going on in your brain with electrical signals then it would be feasible to like actually bring you back to life and you would be the same and uh, therefore that wouldn't be as big of a problem i think it can boils down then like if you neglect that whole soul thing, it boils down to the question of whether eternal life is something that you want to uh, pursue. And I think sure. actually the fact that our lives are limited and that death is a part of our lives is actually adding <laughs> basically all the value to the to our lives. So yeah. in general, I don't know, I think I, I'd be still rather conservative about that actually in the sense of okay i, I accept my death and nobody needs mm -hmm. to bring me back i, I, I assume <laughs> with that technique sure. though it would also be cool to like 
wake up one day a hundred years in the future and like see how stuff yeah. evolved <laughs> hey guys i'm back <laughs> who the fuck are you <laughs> i'm your great 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 granddad oh man yeah. oh man <laughs> would be pretty cool though yeah But oh man we'll see as, as i said in the beginning i I can't wait for the first person to come back to life and kind of see. Yeah, how I mean, yeah, I guess you, you should you should judge that uh, based on 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 these facts, yes, because you you will know how it will turn out, and I think you won't be yeah. the first person to be brought back. But yeah, yeah, very nice. We'll see. <laughs> let's let's return maybe to humanity as a whole and not uh, sure. individuals, like. Before we get into all the possible causes of death, actually, or mass extinction, um, <laughs> why why do you think is it actually like such an important goal for so many people to make humanity like live on? <laughs> like, I mean, there's Elon Musk who wants to make us a multiplanetary species because that makes us more uh, likely to survive. So, why why do you think that? <laughs> so many people value that so much we probably just love ourselves too much <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's... no just kidding um i think it's exactly that what you what you said it's uh it's just survival i think every species ultimately wants to survive mm -hmm. and we could say as humans on earth at least we're probably the most advanced intelligent species therefore we consider our survival to be maybe oh you, you're neglecting important. all the lizard people in the whole hollow earth you know <laughs> they are also very advanced <laughs> sure i mean yeah if there is tangible proof that they exist sure why not they can join the party <laughs> yeah um, mark zuckerberg you know <laughs> exactly they and are Bill gates and all they are among politician us. in washington <laughs> among us yeah <laughs> imposters mm. but but um yeah i think it's just survival because we consider ourselves to be the most intelligent and so on species on the planet therefore our survival to us is probably our top priority mm -hmm. uh, even if it's not maybe all the time um conscious like we're not constantly thinking okay how can i survive or how can we survive as, as a species unless mm. you're elon musk of course then that's basically your whole life mission <laughs> um but Shooting cars yeah i think space. it's just yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's just survival do you think there's mm. any other reason maybe more mm. metaphysical oh well <laughs> i don't know i it's I, i think it's mainly based on that whole aspect of like development and striving for knowledge and stuff and we want to get to know the universe and from the whole sci uh, science fiction perspective there it's like basically completely necessary to live on other planets <laughs> um yeah i think it's like yeah maybe it's some basic biological characteristic of being human that you want to explore and get to know new stuff and therefore it's necessary to <laughs> kind of uh, make the species survive uh, devastating events <laughs> but i think there's like yeah. still there's discrepancy be uh, between like the very egoistical behavior of like a single humans and actually like that very altruistic behavior of making the whole species survive like <laughs> on the planet Because 
many people I think are like just caring about themselves <laughs> so that they survive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Somewhere there must be, I don't know, some biological factor that actually makes us care about the whole species and not just a, a sure. small group of people. <laughs> sure. But but you said okay, if you think about the survival of the entire human species that it's somewhat more altruistic than mm. just thinking about your own survival did i understand that yeah correctly? i think so yeah is that your okay because okay two points there <laughs> i actually uh, researched a little bit the idea of altruism Ooh, very nice because of last episode and i stumbled upon this article which um, which basically said that true altruism, at least according to you know to the psychology we have <laughs> up until now, doesn't actually exist. Mm. And this article made a very, let's say, very extreme point of saying that Mother Teresa and the drug dealer behind the corner are just as altruistic or <laughs> egoistic. Well, that's very <laughs> provocative, yeah. To get sure, attention. Um, but. Yeah, I think what we uh, what we kind of touched upon last episode of true altruism mm. or true true selflessness doesn't actually exist because ultimately it's always for it's always at least a win-win situation. Yeah. Um it's actually yeah, it's actually pretty interesting and if you apply that to the survival of the human species, I think sure there's a part of it that's selfless and you care about your you know your neighbor and all that and you make sure that everybody got mm. everything to survive, but ultimately you also hope or you're also kind of creating a maybe a network of people who you know will help you if you need anything mm. and therefore you're kind of securing your own survival by securing the survival of other people well yeah you know seems, it, seems reasonable and i and think there's also it's not also only about survival maybe it's like making your history live on in the sense of I mean, <laughs> there will be somebody who can look back and think what a nice person or what a nice <laughs> what a nice country or whatever was back then <laughs> yeah um but like from kind from from the perspective of stoicism all that caring about the survival of human species and what will be in the future and whether you will be remembered and stuff actually makes no sense at all it's just like yeah <laughs> some external you not really can influence that much <laughs> sure yeah, yeah that's true but i think this idea of legacy is actually what drives a lot of people i think especially a lot of let's say high achieving people mm. this idea of of having built something on or having become a person that mm. will be remembered for the next centuries <laughs> or Maybe not even that extreme. Let's say just a person who well, either internally, either you do something remembered. You do something very great, or you do mass genocide or something. <laughs> you will be remembered either way. <laughs> yeah, we have two possibilities. <laughs> um, no, I think even like internally in the family, if you if you say you know I want to be the great 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 granddad that mm. my great 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 grand nephews will look back on and say man i'm really proud of this person he yeah. made he did so much for the family and he kind of secured us financially whatever you know um i think ultimately that's also what drives a lot of people not everyone some people just are here for the fun and then don't care what <laughs> happens afterwards 
but I mean, I certainly feel that sometimes. You know, and try to make sure that I build something permanent. Well, semi-permanent at least. Okay. Um. Two thoughts on that. Like again, from the perspective of stoicism, it shouldn't matter too much that you build something that lasts. Sure. And that could lead to some very negative psychological things if you like get too much into that thought of sacrificing yourself for humanity or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> um, second thought that just sprang uh, sprang up in my mind is like, damn, like our great 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 grandchildren or whatever how do you call them yeah. in <laughs> they actually will be able to look back at our lives in so much detail because we put ourselves out on social media that much yeah like with cvs yeah. and writing oh, and blogs and the podcasts and <laughs> by the way guys if any one of you is listening of my relatives in the future my, my children great children or whatever greetings very nice <laughs> that you hang around <laughs> here even though it's unlikely but damn that thought yeah. is like something like that was never before possible in history like at least we were only sure. able to look back maybe at our great grandparents uh, with letters or whatever yeah that's very nice <laughs> man it's crazy yeah which makes also you even more cautious about what you put out of uh, out there of <laughs> yourself. <laughs> sure. But, you know, if some relatives also in the future are listening to this, hey, guys, I'm, I'm sad I couldn't meet you, but, you know, that's that's the best we got. <laughs> you you listening to what I did when I was 18, almost 19. Oh, man, this is <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, I, actually want I think you will already else. know like all how the podcast stuff turned out in the future. I mean, damn. True, yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's <laughs> such a cool thought actually. Wow. That's true. Oh man, I, but I want to actually add a thought to that. Wait, you said you're talking about ah, right, right. There are all already um like some AI programs who are able to take pictures of your grandparents for oh, example yeah I saw that all about moving. instagram it looks exactly and it's quite cool it's pretty cool it's pretty cool i mean it, it, one day it may be getting so advanced that you can actually like put a vr headset on and interact with your grandparents mm. maybe or interact with people who are well, already i mean dead. you need I a mean, lot of I mean, yeah, in the future, that could be a possibility because of all the stuff we're saying here. Maybe some advanced AI can build a personality from that, exactly. implement that in a VR environment with, I mean, <laughs> images of us, whatever is out there on the internet. Then it would be possible to interact with some semi-us person. That would... Yeah. Damn, I mean, if just thinking <laughs> about that, like, if I was able to interact with some relative that lived 200 years ago in that manner even though i know it's not cannot be 100 percent him i mean that's so mind-blowing sure. that's so cool i mean that was be that would be crazy it was i mean ai's i remember when when uh, it was what was it right it was this vacation seminar sort of you know where um a lot of 
speakers were invited. There was some guy from the University of uh, Augsburg mm-hmm. <laughs> who uh, kind of worked together with a lot of AI specialists and all that. And he told us that right now AI is so advanced that they can actually detect different emotions in your voice and they mm. can actually detect whether or not you have certain uh, or how likely it is that you have certain um, illnesses or certain problems with your body or even mental health problems it, it's actually like in, it's in, in, quite in your voice or what <laughs> just in your voice just in what? the tone of your voice and it, like those like micro emotions in your uh-huh. voice and all that and ai can actually detect that and you know regarding kind of creating semi asses in the future mm. uh, with ai and virtual reality and all that i i think it would be very well possible because mm. if they have like this podcast right now and they can detect um our different emotional states and our different thing train of thoughts and yeah. the way we talk the way we behave maybe someday we put some stuff on youtube you know and people uh, the eye can actually see how we look like and how we uh, like, tend to move and, and gesture that. and yeah Wow. I mean, that would be quite scary. Like, Definitely. <laughs> imagine, imagine in, uh, I don't know, 200 years and a mother comes into her son's room and he's like wearing a VR headset and she's asking, what are you doing? Are you playing games again? No, no, I'm just talking to grandpa. <laughs> it would be, that would be quite, quite interesting. <laughs> that's so, <laughs> that's so mind blowing, damn. That's so mind blowing. <laughs> just thinking about it. I mean, and there's also. those children will be asking. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, there's also like coming from all that kind kind of a risk in the sense of that we're able to fake basically every information very exactly like we already see the beginning of it with the deep fake culture where you yeah. put words into other people's uh, mouths that they never said <laughs> if that's the English expression for the German saying um I think and so. uh yeah kind of scary because if you're basically able to fake every kind of information to almost 100% accuracy then nobody will actually be able to believe something anymore that could lead to some kind of war like scenario or <laughs> dystopian future yeah right? yeah sure and we are advancing I mean, to that point quite quickly now with whole ai with the whole ai that's stuff true. And I think a big problem, maybe one, now we can kind of get back to the threats of AI. We talk Mm -hmm. kind of about the good sides of it, I think, mainly. Uh, (laughs) But of course, the threat is that it's not really regulated as of now, or not that I know of. Mm. People are, especially like Google or how are they called? There's there's like a sub, sub, um, how is it called? DeepMind yeah deep mind right yeah of Google, who's kind of they're just working on ai non-stop and creating crazy stuff just if you think about like alpha go or alpha zero i'm mm-hmm. sure you've mm-hmm. heard of it and many people was able haven't to... yeah, yeah go ahead you can exactly explain. exactly so there's this old i think chinese um board game which is called called go and which is considered i think to be probably i think the most most complex sport game that has ever existed <laughs> and well. you know because we're humans to become like true masters at it you have to practice it since you're i don't know three years old and it Mm. takes you 20 years to become like a real grand master or whatever um but 
like DeepMind with their AlphaGo. They created an AI, I think in six months or something like that, that basically taught itself how to play Go without any input or anything, just by watching and playing himself or itself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And after six months, it was actually able to beat the world champion at Go. And then after that, they built AlphaZero, which bet AlphaGo, I think, 100 to 0 or something. Wow. So it actually Shit. bet the AI that bet the Grandmaster in six months. And the, the more, the even crazier thing is that AlphaZero only took like a few hours to learn Go, mm-hmm. whereas AlphaGo took like six months or four months or something like that. So it's, it's advancing like hyper exponentially <laughs> if you think about what, what they've done in the last yeah, few years yeah, that's... and it's it's not really regulated i mean of course Very some people scary. may look at it and say you know it's just a board game who cares but i think they don't realize all the all the industries and all the domains in which artificial intelligence is all already far ahead of us yeah i mean searching up information i mean the google algorithm is probably one of the <laughs> most advanced things out there <laughs> but yeah, exactly. yeah i mean the only thing that's like keeping ai from becoming a threat right now is that all the ais out there are very specialized into very niche subjects and there is no generalized ai that can combine many aspects together like we as a human we can get into go playing at to a well certain level quite quickly but we can also do the dishes and we can uh, walk and we can (laughs) also play chess and we can record podcasts and there is no ai out there that can combine all those things together at the moment which that's true is kind of still like the (laughs) uh, last barrier that has to fall before there are human uh, ai like creatures out there yeah yeah, I think yeah, <laughs> you're right. I mean, I think that's also kind of the main problem I have with it is that it's as I said, it's not really regulated. Mm-hmm. Although it's as of now highly like specialized in one single domain, and people again don't really see it as a threat. But as soon as AI and robotics get so advanced that you basically can't even compete with them on any level when they get so advanced that they can advance themselves then (laughs) then we're we're done well then all that survival spiel is done for us we can we can say goodbye to human civilization well that depends on the thought patterns of the ai i I assume i mean they could see us as pets (laughs) like we treat (laughs) other animals on the planet sure no man yeah at the same time Actually. they could yeah could also like think oh stupid creatures been destroying the planet for centuries right now already been destroying themselves all over the world nuclear wars and <laughs> let's get, just get rid of them and restore everything to normal and then leave this that shitty place to itself again <laughs> yeah oh man sure or it could be very helpful i don't know how, how would you how would you regulate all of that like kill yeah, switches that's, or that's the question isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean there are like uh, 
books written about it like the three yeah, laws many of intelligent people you know? already thought about it i assume oh yeah you exactly. mean uh isaac asimov's three laws there <clears throat> exactly yeah. yeah for example i mean that's that probably would be a good starting what, point but wait, let me look there, those up those could be interesting to bring in uh, up right now sure i think but even there there are always because given that it's programmed by humans there's always a margin of error and oh, therefore definitely. you can't be 100 sure that it actually works every single time or under every circumstance and you know apart from that i think if the ai becomes so advanced even if they have let's say programmed in them to only have good intentions and to protect the human race and all that but if they become so advanced that you know we basically can't even communicate with them and they are already starting to build their own civilization parallel to ours mm. then we're probably going to be like neanderthalers compared yeah, to yeah. them <laughs> i mean <laughs> and i mean coexistence would be possible but if you think about all those stupid humans out there who think about their own benefits and waging wars and stuff then they will mess it up for yeah. us for the whole of humanity basically <laughs> That's yeah, that's true. Um, I, I got the three laws here, uh, if you want me to read them quickly. Sure. Uh, like, first law, a robot may not injure a human being or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Second law, a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. <laughs> and the third law, uh, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Uh, kind of would yeah. make AIs and robots like uh, inferior to, to us, like putting them below us in that sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, in a way. But I mean, it, it at first glance, let's say, it seems pretty well thought out. And I think the error of uh, the margin of error there is, it is somewhat small. Oh, still, I think it's is. huge. I mean, like, yeah, if you take the first law, I mean, uh, robot may not injure a human being or through an action allow a human being to come to harm. What if humans are waging war against each other? A robot is not allowed to let humans come to uh, come to harm. What is he doing then? Destroying one of the parties, destroying the one that's shooting at the other first? Or <laughs> I mean, there are so many that's, questions yeah, attached okay, already yeah, to those. True, actually. Uh, three principles although I'm, i i must say that probably if if robots and ai become so advanced let's say in maybe i don't know <laughs> 50 years 100 years who knows then even when we're waging war against each other i think the war will not look like any war so far in history mm. i don't think we will have like fronts and I mean, like, uh, and soldiers who are like i don't know shooting each other from different sides i think it will be more psychological or biotechnology <laughs> I mean, will be involved. i mean like nowadays wars are actually already not waged uh, physically anymore they are taking part in the internet already because russia is trying exactly. to <laughs> interfere with elections for example uh, north korea is doing shit all over the place get money yeah. war is taking already part in the internet already um i think all, all, also the u.s military has a special uh, uh team only for that cybersecurity thing like mm -hmm. uh, i don't know how it's called i mean like, like they have uh u.s army um, u.s air force and stuff and they have a known 
uh, how do you call that? I mean, <laughs> an own 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 uh, group of people caring about cybersecurity and stuff. I think, at least as far as I'm informed, I might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's very. But I mean, even if, even if we say that wars will not be waged like physically necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think then it's even even more complicated to make sure that the AIs actually know what a threat is. Mm. Because if you tell AI, look, this people's trying to shoot the other person, there's an imminent threat there. Uh, oh, then you, you sent me a spam email. I exactly. gotta get rid of you. James Beach is exactly. watching you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, those are then the situations where it would be very hard to program the AI in such a way that he actually understands what the spam email does or what a cyber attack is and how to you know who to attack or who to protect in that case and mm. how to protect that person because if somebody sends you a nasty spam email and the AI goes on to try to find the person and kill it um, then it's, <laughs> it may be a bit uh, overboard you know with the protection <laughs> so yeah oh just make the AI think like James Weech if you know him He's like that. James Rich. Rich, yeah. He's well, like that spam email replying dude there. Ah, right. YouTube. That gave the TED Talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, if you haven't seen him uh, yet, then please, please go on YouTube and watch that. Watch those videos. They are glorious. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's hilarious, man. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> also, with, with the British accent, it, it makes it even yes. more funny. <laughs> oh, what a legend. <laughs> The man, the myth, <laughs> the legend. <laughs> Very nice. Hey man, actually, maybe some, let's say, last point related to AI, mm -hmm. which I found interesting. And that's maybe not an imminent threat uh, concerning AIs, but it, nevertheless very interesting. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, but at chess tournaments, like judges are already on the lookout for players who are secretly cheating mm -hmm. and getting help from computers. Ooh, yeah. And the way they determine that or the way the judges or the things the judges pay attention to are actually how creative the moves are mm -hmm. of any given player. And if they consider the move to be way too creative and way too unexpected mm -hmm. then they expect uh, a an AI or a computer to be behind the move. And therefore, yo, at least in chess, creativity is already kind of the trademark of computers rather than humans. Yeah. And or th rather, I thinking ahead, a hundred moves, <laughs> at least. Yeah, if you want to call yeah, that probably. creativity, then yeah. Yeah, sure, man. I mean, if the even in in the game of uh, AlphaGo versus the world champion. It's actually on YouTube. It's it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> I watched the whole thing. <laughs> How long <laughs> does it take? Not? Six minutes and he's done or what? <laughs> no, I think it's actually like 50 minutes or something. Oh, very nice. I'm not sure. You can look it up. But it's, he, uh, uh, it's definitely worth it. Did he break time. into tears after losing? <laughs> the no, but he was really frustrated. Like yeah, at some point, I think in the middle of the match, he went out to, to smoke and he was just like trembling uh, because he just couldn't wrap his head around how an, a computer could be better than oh, him man. or how a computer could be so creative. Uh, because Im you know, imagine spending like 20 years, 25 years being the world champion in one particular <laughs> sport or game. And a six-month <laughs> newbie <laughs> beating you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, what I wanted to say is that it, it was just shocking to read that, that creativity or as you said, thinking a hundred moves ahead or being just mm. having this really out of the box thinking. It's like the already... question was what creativity is all about actually again, which is really hard to pin down. You could call that creativity yeah. or you could call it thinking a hundred moves ahead, which makes it seem creative, but yeah. Sorry for interrupting, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. But I think, I, I would say thinking 100 moves ahead is rather strategic, but creativity is maybe rather a little more short-sighted, let's say. Mm. That one particular move is was creative, but maybe was not particularly strategic. And there were actually quite a few moves in the, in the documentary of of the AI which the judges considered to be just stupid <laughs> and they were actually like there was actually a live presentation during the during the match mm. and like the presenters or judges were like what what the fuck is he doing like this AI has no <laughs> idea how this game works mm. but ultimately it turned out that his moves were actually very well calculated mm. <clears throat> even though no good go player would have done them so yeah what yeah, i want to I say mean, is like straight yeah no finish your point sorry <laughs> so um i think thinking 100 moves ahead which an ai is definitely able to do is more strategic strategic but being able to have a out of the box or unconventional way of mm. approaching a particular goal is then creativity which humans are capable of but it's much harder these days because most in most industries most possibilities have already been explored and therefore being truly innovative is close to impossible in my opinion yeah uh, see like an artist think about that book you just you have to mix together (laughs) different things from all over the world and uh, make something out of them add a little bit of your personal uh, gordon ramsay uh, salt sprinkles (laughs) yeah and uh, then it might turn out to be something nice but yeah, my thoughts about, um, last thought about that one, maybe from my side, um, actually like that would enable us to learn from AIs in at least, uh, go playing or chess playing there. It's actually like AIs have so much potential, as you said, also in medicine where we can learn from them because, uh, for example, when it comes to judging, uh, some medical, uh, tomography, computer tomography, uh, pictures, AIs are much more accurate when, than humans when it comes to that. Yeah. You can actually use, especially in medicine, can use them so much uh, more effective than humans that trained for hundreds uh, of hours studying, sweating, crying before their exams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, sure. I mean, there was a time when I was considering to become a radiologist Mm. and doctors I talked to were like, you know, are you stupid? Like this industry is going to be so different just in a few years from now because Mm. most of the work is going to be taken over by AI. So you as a radiologist will probably only have to like greet the patient and say goodbye and the rest of the work is done by computers and machines. <laughs> and I think it's 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 not the only industry. I mean, even when it comes to like law and lawyers, there are a lot of domains where many things can just easily be automated. And given that 
the legal tech industry is starting to grow almost exponentially, um, especially in the US and Germany, I think we we can already see that being a lawyer just 20 years from now will be vastly different mm. than being a lawyer today. And some people may regret, regard this as good. Some people won't, as always, with every change. Yeah, but I, mean, I think like... if you as a lawyer don't have to spend so much time writing contracts and doing like monotonous work and you can actually spend that time to think of new solutions for your for your like mandates or whatever mm. they call it in english uh, for your clients and you can actually you know try to yeah find creative and, and better solutions and don't have to waste your mental energy on writing contracts like 80 percent of your day i think i i would consider that an improvement definitely i'd say like in that sector maybe the future will look like uh, you maybe are like the manager of the ai you like give the general directions yeah. with the creative thoughts behind it and uh, kind of <laughs> let the ai do the <laughs> the slave work yeah mm. exactly yeah but damn i mean many sectors will be changed especially like low wages low wage uh, things like working in a supermarket robots will definitely be able to take it over and that would, yeah. that could lead to huge problems i mean unemployment hmm. <laughs> very critical sure but maybe i think yeah no <laughs> so, do you want to change uh, topic uh sure just just one sec i mean we in the beginning of the episode we were like yeah we're gonna talk about the biggest threats for humanity and we've yeah. talked about ai and its which is a threat so far <laughs> well we also it's talked a, about threats is a threat yeah. in a way sure um i think when it comes to to jobs i'd say that many industries and many domains where a lot of monotonous work is done and where not no real mental capacity is needed to mm. for that work to be done no creativity i will <laughs> yeah sure ai and robots will replace it and i think there it's actually a good thing mm. um in a way of course because it enables they us will people. be like the modern slaves <laughs> that yeah, take over the shitty of, and stuff and we can focus on the important stuff sure and they probably won't even realize they are slaves <laughs> because and when they realize we, we are we're, we, we yeah, will become slaves <laughs> <laughs> exactly but I mean as of now I think it would be interesting to see how many monotonous workspaces are then replaced by AI or maybe even like large bureaus where a hundred people work will be replaced by just one robot who does all the work and mm. does it maybe even more efficiently and accurately than any human mm. could computer calculation and then those so much faster <laughs> exactly and then those people can actually focus on doing the more creative stuff the more innovative stuff and maybe may actually have more fun at work because they don't have to write contracts anymore but they can actually use their yeah, <laughs> intelligence or use their thoughts to create something new and exciting so it it yeah a lot of people will lose their jobs but I think it will open up the possibility for work to become less monotonous and less of a pain mm. in the ass. I think what will become very attractive are like um social so, social jobs that are focused on society like contributing uh, there some somehow somewhere somewhere because if you look back at Athens uh, ancient Athens ancient Greece um 
like the the very rich people who had uh, slaves and stuff um they did not work in the conventional sense they focused their efforts and work on society and how they can improve that and i think mm -hmm. there's actually like some dude thought about a similar model where we let computers and robots and stuff uh, do do all the the slave work so to speak and uh, we can focus on society and uh, living together as humans and making that a great uh, thing where we don't have to worry about the basic needs like food production and yeah yeah that could be cool if it works out cool. but yeah, yeah regulation for ai and <laughs> is also important <laughs> and we actually talk we'll about benefits of ai too much but yeah <laughs> sure actually maybe one last point Ooh, the, I, the third last point today <laughs> yeah, yeah i know um i've talked to some actually i i told you i think two or three episodes ago that uh, i met some dude from romania who like does his phd at uh, lmu mm -hmm. and in he's like doing it with some he's doing like some ai research i don't know exactly what he does but very popular uh, something related to ai and we were like just talking about what he does and everything and i was kind of uh, optimistic about ai and was uh, talking about kind of the benefits at, as we did now mm. you know kind of the possibilities and all that and he said yeah that's true but you know if you and there apparently were actually experiments done with ai too if you give them access to for example certain google databases mm. then the ai's almost always turn either racist or sexist or <laughs> homophobic or transphobic. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was like this experiment on Twitter or something <laughs> where they oh, unleash yeah. kind of an AI and let learn from the use let it learn from the users and <laughs> Yep. And what what happened? Exactly Sorry, what you described. Nasty comments. Yes, yes. They and, had to put yeah. it down a few hours after it was uh was was uh let free <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly and Please. i mean what i worry about mostly is that the fact that google is so involved in the whole ai thing and they have like immense servers and databases mm. with basically every single piece of information <clears throat> you've ever googled or given to google they have it there stored and giving ai access to even just half of it would be i mean it actually would be terrible i think mm. that would become like a super intelligence which would then be unstoppable and then it would turn into a dystopia <laughs> yeah but like with a, as, as we established it, at the moment still it's very <laughs> unlikely that something so general will come to life but yeah definitely if if that ever happens and if google does is doing like secret experiments there then ah shit shit will turn real <laughs> <laughs> yeah shit will add for up. sure <laughs> Oh man, yeah. yeah. Wow. Hey man, we've talked almost for an hour <laughs> just yes. about AI. Maybe let let's choose maybe one last aspect of of the future, of what the we future. consider to be maybe a a threat to humanity, uh -huh. and discuss yeah. that. What What would you like to get into, like from the topics I wrote down? Well, we have. <clears throat> we get like space thread space bound threads earthbound threads like yeah. yeah or how maybe let, we can like get also into how we can survive 
you how we for, can survive you mean. how we can survive in the sense of what should we focus on if we want to make ourselves survive like the human species sure sounds good let's end it on a positive note <laughs> <laughs> well as we talked about ai i guess regulations <laughs> and stuff yeah. if they were god so i think if yeah you as you said it's it's very difficult to regulate such an intelligent being if it ever comes to life because it will find some bug yeah. in the system and will abuse it maybe very likely but yeah in general i mean there are many threats i can summarize that quickly like from i guess yeah it's best to summarize like the other threats to get a bigger picture still um like from space sure. we have asteroids which like impact like every 120,000 years bigger ones from earth uh, on earth we have like super volcanoes which erupt every 30,000 years uh, put the whole earth into an ash cloud turning a uh, yeah making a new ice age come <laughs> come about um other than that overpopulation pandemics as we're experiencing them right now bioweapons mm. climate change which is leading to storms and uh, shit which could again lead to war <laughs> nuclear war <laughs> um which we all know about from cold war there's actually also like uh some uh, scientific committee like made that uh, doomsday clock there which is like mm -hmm. judging mainly the danger of nuclear war but also taking into account like cyber security and stuff and like at the mo like like uh its concept is like based on how close we are to 12 o'clock midnight <laughs> because that's when doomsday yeah. is about uh, <laughs> to come and at the moment that clock is, clock is like turned to 100 seconds before midnight <laughs> we're quite close mm. they're like yeah the farthest away it was was like 17 minutes i think so, so we were already always quite close there <laughs> and yeah artificial intelligence we talked about that um what many people also don't think about is like the risk of underpopulation because at the moment in many western societies we experience like a decrease of population um, yeah. which is kind of um outweighed by many immigrants coming over which is therefore actually quite good that they are coming over which many people tend to neglect when they are discussing those issues yeah um but if many countries like uh turn to our western lifestyle then it will also like become <laughs> the usual the usual thing that people will only have two one to two children and we will go extinct that way i guess yeah mm -hmm. again to to protect us from the now let's get to how, how we can make ourselves survive like again to protect ourselves from uh the very very uh like the dangerous spacebound events which can make us go extinct at once <laughs> just a big asteroid hitting or some i don't know gamma ray burst or whatever can come into play here um we as uh, elon musk already established like we have to get multi-planetary <laughs> live on mars live yeah. on other planets <laughs> because then only half of the human civilization will be destroyed <laughs> oh man <laughs> 
yeah very abstract to talk about that but yeah yeah it's it's not very um yeah not very <laughs> optimistic let's say but it's it's, it's realistic i guess mm. it's uh it's a it's a possibility for sure mm. that uh, we're not gonna survive for very long as a human species but what i find quite hard actually about the overpopulation underpopulation thing Ex exactly the point that okay how do you find the middle ground how do you create a society where there is not the danger of underpopulation but at the mm. same time manage the overpopulation <laughs> we have I, of course we can say okay if you become a multiplanetary species then we may have it a bit easier to manage it but as of now it doesn't seem to decline anytime soon and there are still many countries in the western world who have the problem of underpopulation and mm. where people um exactly because of that reason because of all of the threats for humanity and maybe the political situation in the world uh, refuse to have kids with the argument that you know how could i i, I don't want the responsibility to bring kids into this world <laughs> into this you know mm. nasty and terrible world and therefore i won't have any children but that actually adds to the misery, <laughs> let's say, in certain countries. In the future, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, logically based, you could argue, first of all, with resources. At the moment, we are using, like, the resources of the equivalent of 4.5 Earths, in that sense. We are already yeah. vastly overpopulated and living very unsustainable there. I'd say, first of all, Turn it down, <laughs> tune it down to one Earth of resources. Yeah, <laughs> would be a good idea. <laughs> because turning multiplanetary will not solve that problem. Because you can't um, re uh, relocate a billion people to another planet. That simply. Yeah. Especially because we never actually have been on another planet. Like actually exactly. a human being there. And... Therefore, I'd say make it the resources of one Earth. And because we all like progress and development so much, it would be like very, very cool to have as many human beings around as possible while not uh, <laughs> uh, like uh, crossing the boundaries of the resources of one Earth. So yeah, that could be cool. Yeah. I think like then also with prolonged lifetime and stuff, people will eventually also want to get back to getting children because it will not be irresponsible anymore, likely. <laughs> and they will have had enough time yeah. to focus on their career first and then, yeah. <laughs> sure. Could be possible. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, regarding that argument of not having children because the world is kind of fucked up right now i get it i understand as i understand most arguments by people who do not share the same opinion as me hmm. i understand it and i understand where it, where it comes from and i i find it i mean i it is a solution apparently for some people hmm. but i still think that i mean the world's always been fucked up maybe not as fucked up as right now but even even there, I mean, that argument that the world is more more shitty than it was uh, 500 years ago. Yes, that's true. And the threats are maybe more dramatic. 
but at the same time we live in uh, in a time where through the internet and through advanced infrastructure and all that we probably have the most stable societies out of all countries no we have the most stable societies per earth <laughs> let's say <laughs> we we live in a time where i would say even though things are still very wrong and fucked up in certain places we still live in a time where most things are greater than they have ever been mm. and things are continuing to improve even the worst places on earth they're continuing to improve and comparing india now with india 50 years ago is a vast difference and or <laughs> comparing certain african mm. countries now compared to 50 years ago is again a vast difference and a vast improvement and i think people tend to have the feeling that the world is getting worse and worse and yes in some cases it is true but in many other cases the world is actually improving and i think even the thought of sustainability and protecting our earth is more and more present in in the human mind let's say in the western society especially or in the big industrial countries and therefore i think i i don't see it as such a i don't have a, such a pessimistic view and i don't think at least the argument of not having children because the world is fucked up doesn't really work for me personally i again i understand it but for me personally i think um it is not a viable enough argument for me to not reproduce <laughs> oh you just want to fuck that's what it all is about <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah to summarize but yeah no no i think that's a nice summary i guess in what you're like kind of assuming indirectly is some kind of linearity in history in the sense of uh kant that we are like Immanuel Kant, that we're turning to some enlightenment that everything gradually gets better. And uh, at least that's what I heard <laughs> from, from what you is saying. I guess. I mean, yeah, that's I not necessarily somewhat. given in the sense of there's some big story writer that wants it, us to uh, turn, that wants our history to turn out great. Um, but yeah, I mean, from the tendency we had to, let's say since the 1950s it's with the exception of some <laughs> stupid wars vietnam and <laughs> yeah. iraq and stuff but um with the exception of those i kind of agree i guess problems are shifting maybe to from physical mm -hmm. violence to other sort of violence to data uh stealing manipulation and cyber yeah. wars and all of that stuff no but yeah at least like we don't have to suffer the very basic things that much anymore at least in western societies i mean there are still many countries where hunger is a problem where diseases that sure. can be treated are a problem <laughs> yeah know. yeah for sure yeah i still think uh, maybe maybe i'm overly optimistic i don't know but i still think we are in a solid path to <laughs> very to become a, a a better world and given we have people like elon musk who like actively work on that mm. and who are with a very who are very let's say very strong force in that domain to kind of improve um 
our lives and kind of make sure that the human species will continue to live on, continue to exist. I think we're on a pretty good path. And given that we have the internet and all that, people are... I mean, of course, there's a lot of misinformation, all that, but I think it's a little bit harder to manipulate people or to make propaganda because mm -hmm. actually now you have different sources and even if you're uh, let's say a convinced believer in one thing you can still find sources that contradict what you're believing in and therefore <laughs> i think it's a little bit i think the problem is usually the other, other way around that you can believe in every shit because there's some sort of source that is <laughs> uh, that is supporting your worldview <laughs> sure But I think, um, but, but I still think, let's say, uh, unless you're in North Korea, of course, mm -hmm. or even China in some aspects, uh, it's harder to manipulate an entire, uh, it's harder to manipulate an entire nation to believe in one singular thing. Mm -hmm. And because we have the information and we can, can be informed if we actually want to. And I think there are a lot of people who actually value, let's say, the facts and the truth over some propaganda or over yeah, some yeah. strange ideology that just uh, sounds great on paper but it's actually terrible but yeah so, don't underestimate the power of like mass manipulation especially as you're coming from no, germany sure <laughs> sure that's true yeah but as i said I don't say it's great, <laughs> not at all. Mm. <laughs> I also complain a lot about the misinformation on the internet and the people who believe it or the people who cherry pick information just for their own sake to make a stupid argument. What, But you I say the hollow earth is not real? <laughs> <laughs> I won't get to that. <laughs> But Damn, no. my, my, buddy, um, my buddy Zuckerberg, he won't like that. <laughs> 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 you're gonna call him up to mm. block my facebook account yeah yeah um no but i think honestly i think it's it's similar to the s&p 500 like there are ups and downs and there are more good times and more terrible times but all in all it seems to kind of go up mm. and to kind of <laughs> Very nice get analogy. to a more positive world and a world where we love each other and don't make war Yeah, that's like kind of kind of also my point. We should get our fucking shit together and kind of yeah. unite as a species there. And fucking turn to those UN goals. <laughs> Make laugh, yeah, not war, damn sure. people. Get your shit together. <laughs> printed on t-shirts. Yeah. No, I think it's already been printed on tons of oh, t-shirts. Oh, damn. Somebody stole your business idea there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Very nice. I, I guess uh, I think that's a let's wrap it up. A po yeah, a positive note to end it on. Uh, yeah. So we discussed certain threats to humanity. I think we talked a lot about AI, obviously, and Mainly. how AI may be a possibility for improvement in certain areas, but it's also a danger if you cannot control it or if you cannot put laws in place to kind of make sure it doesn't turn. Uh, their back on us <laughs> and kind of try to uh, start to control us instead of the other way around or maybe let's um, just give it a specialized ones and don't create general ais i think the human curiosity is yeah just uh, like with atomic too bombs. weak for that yeah. 
yeah exactly let's see let's see what happens i mean it can't be that bad <laughs> and then <laughs> we were, millions yeah, of yeah. people die oopsies yeah um <laughs> but yeah it, it, it's a great possibility in many domains it could improve human life but there's also of course an imminent threat it if it if it's not controlled at all and especially if a few very powerful people have control over it um do you want to go on what else did we talk about uh, no sure go you can go ahead i mean i think you're doing that very wonderfully right now <laughs> sure <laughs> okay and we talked about apart from ai of course there are other threats such as you know threats that come from space that we don't really have any control over like gamma ray bursts or uh, you know asteroids asteroids am i pronouncing that correct asteroids okay um or you know i don't know super volcanoes or uh, overpopulation underpopulation obviously a nuclear war which we've been quite close to or yeah quite close to for probably for the last since 1945 since, since it's been founded <laughs> yeah and you know the solution to all of our problems lies in love and yeah, oh. not to make it sound cheesy, but In yeah, I think it's really fifth true dimension, of... love, <laughs> trans, yeah. trans versus dimension. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but it's true. In, instead of kind of focusing so much on our differences and focusing so much on waging war against those people who do not share our ideologies or opinions, yeah. why does your nose look so strange? Yeah, <laughs> I don't like you. You're different. <laughs> let's let's make war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of doing that, we should focus more on our similarities and try to improve the life for every single human being, and not just be egoistic and focus on ourselves. And yeah, get our shit together, become a multiplanetary species, and then one day we can say, "I'm gonna go to Grandma who lives on Mars." and everybody's oh. gonna be jealous because you have the money to get on a rocket and fly to mars mm, isn't nice. that great oh you it just take like your vr nice equipment and talk to talk to your great grandma exactly. from yeah. your great grandfather who lived in the year 2021 doing a podcast exactly about <laughs> exactly about the topic exactly. oh yeah very nice oh man okay all right team Fancy. yeah let's wrap it up um thanks for listening guys if you enjoyed our episode then please subscribe leave a comment write us uh, in, down in the description and see you again around next week to another episode of the best the most wonderful <laughs> podcast out there <laughs> quality content <laughs> yeah yeah in sure. hindsight that's it bye bye guys <laughs>